Okay, we'd like to welcome to you to the third part of our Bible study and current event study for 7-8-07. And in this particular study, we are going to uh, read you an article that I received recently from Dr. Greg Dixon, and it's entitled, Caesar Calls in the Chips. And this is a, this is a very good, succinct study on the modern-day 501c3 churches and the implications of what it means to be one of those churches. And this is information that virtually nobody ever gets into. And it's so foundational to so many things. And I think you'll see that as we go along. Um, I'm going to just start out reading this for you, and then we're going to be commenting along the way. Pastor Mark Hollick and Evangelist Bill Keller are bold as lions more than most Baptist preachers we know. Greg Dixon is is a... uh, the, the former pastor of Indianapolis Baptist Temple. Um, he's a pastor emeritus now. So then it says, even though their actions may fall into zeal without knowledge category. Now he's in reference to these two people that he just mentioned. Both find themselves in a running battle with the Internal Revenue Service over the, con- the content of their sermons and the direction that they believe God is leading them to conduct their ministries. Now remember what he said, the content of their sermons. Why, who, are they, who are they in the battle with? The Internal Revenue Service. What would the Internal Revenue Service care about what we preach about? We're going to look at that. Because when you become a 501c3 nonprofit organization, corporation, that's called the, the church, you put yourself under their jurisdiction. And if you put yourself under your jurisdiction, and if they were the ones that gave you the right to create you, which they do, then you have to abide by their rules. Or you should be at least, because you voluntarily put yourself under that jurisdiction. Let's go further. Hollerick, who's 31, is the senior pastor of Spirit One Christian Center of Wichita, Kansas. Keller, age 40, conducts a nonprofit TV and internet ministry in Tampa, Florida. As widely reported in the media, Hollerick said the IRS is turning into the Gestapo. And Keller said, I have every right to speak on matters of life and culture, including political issues, and to educate people on the spiritual implications of those issues. End of quote. The IRS is concerned that these two men men have violated the terms of their non-profit contract. Did you hear what I just said? The IRS is concerned that these two men have violated the terms of their their non-profit contract, their non-501c3 contract. Because see, these contracts are based on the fact that these churches are these corporations, these 501c3 corporations, with the pastor appointed as the CEO and the board of deacons, the board of directors of the deacons. Whether they have that is listed or not, the IRS will designate that if you don't. So, this non-profit contract from the IRS, which allows them to enjoy the tax-exempt status, including the receipt of tax-deductible gifts from donors... Well, doesn't Jesus say, let not your right hand know what your left hand's doing? Yet, these churches are 501c3 nonprofits, so that they can be tax-exempt and receive also subsidies, and not be hassled, evidently, so that they're, you know, they appear as they're, they're playing, you know, along with everything. If that's your motivation, so you can write something off on your taxes, verily, you have your reward, as Jesus said. When you, when you give to be seen among men, or you're, you give of any other motivation other than giving out of a pure heart, what are you doing? So, so you can write it off of your taxes, and then so the church knows how much you gave? What's your motivation? What's your heart? Let not know your right hand, know what your left hand's doing? 
because that's what that's how you have reward in heaven. But if you do it to be seen among men, barely you have your reward. This agreement is very clear. There is no reason why anyone should be ignorant as to its terms. Now, Dr. Dixon's talking about this nonprofit, uh, this nonprofit contract that you enter into with the Internal Revenue Service, especially with all the publicity and warnings from the many sources since Bob Jones University lost their tax exempt status in the early 80s. Amendments. Amendment protects them, and they continue to speak and act as if they are untouchable, screaming like banshees when they get their infamous examination letter from the IRS. Oh, okay, hold on. I, I skipped something there. But for some strange reason, many peach preachers seem to think that the First Amendment protects them, and they continue to speak and act as if they are untouchable. Screaming like banshees when they get the infamous examination letter from the IRS. See, you can't have it both ways. We're going to see the parameters under which the IRS puts all 501c3 churches. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to look at those parameters. Unincorporated, incorporated, uh, they even have corporate soul now, trusts. These, these are things that are still included under the IRS banner. And the person that's done the most research on this is Dr. Greg Dixon. Um, he's got a new book called Trail of Blood Revisited. I highly advise you get it. If you go to unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com, I believe that's what it's called, unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com, you can get all the information. Um, you can email me. I'll forward you the uh, all this information regarding this issue because we can't get into all of it today. This is just a sampling, really. But it's a very important. It's very timely what we're talking about here. Then it says, The bewildered pastor Hollick wonders publicly why the IRS can possibly be questioning his church's tax-exempt status. The young pastor said that the church would not stop teaching and preaching God's word, even if it, even if it relates to contemporary issues of the world. After the federal agency demanded answers to 31 questions about its beliefs and warned about political activity. Why would the IRS question you about your beliefs and warn you about political activity? We're going to look at that. Evangelist Bill Keller was even bolder when he told his TV audience that a vote for a Republican presidential candidate, Mitt Romney, who's a Mormon, was a vote for Satan. Well, I agree with what he's saying, but you're not supposed to be saying this stuff. If you put yourself under this yoke of the IRS, and this corporate status, not a 501c3, you're putting yourself under this yoke. you got to play by their games. You're supposed to, at least. The statement brought a reaction from Americans united for the separation of church and state who lodged a formal complaint with the IRS to investigate Keller. So see, people can go, the people know this better than the churches. They filed a complaint with the IRS because they know. Certain factions of people know. And I guarantee as more people find out about this, there's probably going to be more and more churches shut down because the IRS isn't going to put up with this. The group says Keller's anti-Romney rants violated federal tax law, and it wants the IRS to look into revoking the tax-exempt status of his nonprofit ministry. The law prohibits tax-exempt organizations from endorsing or opposing candidates. <laughs> the law prohibits the IRS law prohibits tax-exempt organizations. Who gave you that tax-exempt status? The IRS. That's who gave it to you. They prohibit. You from endorsing or opposing candidates. Wow. Keller, who regularly refers to the Mormon church as a cult, was unmoved by the complaint. Quote, I have never told anybody who to vote for or who not to vote for, ever. 
Keller said, I have every right to speak on matters of life and culture, including political issues, and educate people on spiritual implications of those issues. If you weren't part of that system, you're absolutely right. But since you're part of that system, actually, the IRS is more in the right than you are, sir. Keller writes a daily devotional published on his website and emailed to more than 2 million subscribers. His live call-in program is televised weeknights in the Tampa market. Quote, having Romney as president is no different than having a Muslim or a Scientologist as president, Keller wrote in a recent column. <clears throat> These are not political issues. These are gospel issues, Christian issues. Hollick said, he said that the issues the church addressed will not continue to and will continue to address concern issues that the Bible addresses, such as killing and protecting the defenseless. Well, I, I agree, but the problem is, is the yoke you're under, that you evidently don't see yourself being under. But you are. The, and then it, this next part of the article goes on. Will, will the IRS probe R.I. Bishop for Giuliani comment? For the most part, the IRS attack on churches for the so-called political activity has centered on evangelical and fundamentalists and has totally ignored the Catholic churches, which have been up to their eyeballs in political activity from the day they stepped on the shores of America. One of the most recent examples has been the blatant support of open borders in the immigration battle, which is nothing but a thinly veiled scheme to Catholicize this nation. That's a great point Dr. Dixon just brought up. I hadn't even thought of that. Why would Catholics not be opposed to illegal immigration? Oh, because we're so holy and we just want to let all these good, good, good Mexicans come over the border because it's the Christian thing to do, right? No, wrong, because most of those paganized Mexican people are Catholics and they're going to fill their churches up. That's why. Hadn't thought about it until he put it that way. One of the most stupid statements ever made was the theologically bankrupt remark made by Catholic priest on CNN's Lou Dobbs show that Galatians 3.28, which says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ, that that remark by this Catholic priest means that there should be no national borders. That's a stretch. You know, that's pretty much a stretch. Obviously, that verse refers to the Lord's church, not national boundaries. The priest should reread Acts 17.26, which says, and hath, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation. That implies borders. Why do you think he split everybody up at the Tower of Babel? There was a reason God did that. Okay, so then going further, it says, Having said this, the IRS now has an opportunity to prove that they do not discriminate in enforcing the so-called tax-exempt code. So Bishop Tobin may get to be the fall guy for the Catholics after all. According to the following article from Newsmax.com, posted June 14, 2007, uh, a political watchdog group asked the Internal Revenue Service yesterday to investigate whether a Roman Catholic bishop in Rhode, Rhode Island broke the law by writing a scathing column in a church newspaper condemning president, presidential contender Rudy Giuliani's abortion views. Now just so you guys know, I don't know if you know this, Rudy Giuliani is a cross-dresser. Okay, he is a cross-dresser. I just saw a big report the other night where they showed all the times he had dressed up on stage and... and he does these shows, evidently, where um, you know he goes up there and, and, he, and he, he's, he's dressed fully like a woman. In fact, it even showed him and Donald Trump 
doing this like parody thing. And Rudy Giuliani was totally dressed up like a woman, and John, Donald Trump was was kind of like coming on to him, and he was trying to even grope Rudy Giuliani. It was disgusting. It was unbelievable. But it was right on TV. It was right, you know, normal everyday news. You know, it wasn't on like some bad channels, like you know, one of these nightly news things type of thing. So yeah, just so you know. He's, he's into that stuff. Uh, Providence Bishop Tobin blasted Giuliani in the May edition of the Rhode Island Catholic, criticizing the Republican candidate for saying he personally opposes abortion, but he wouldn't support an outright ban if elected president. If In the column, Tobin called the former New York City's mayor former New York City's mayor's position pathetic, confusing, and hypocritical. He even drew a parallel to Pontius Pilate. Quote, I can hear Pilate saying, you know, I'm personally opposed to crucifixion, but I don't want to impose my beliefs on others, Tobin wrote. Those comments broke federal laws banning tax-exempt religious groups, such as the Diocese of the Providence, from endorsing or opposing political candidates, said Barry Lynn, executive director of the Americas United for Separation of Church and State, which filed a complaint. Oh, we've got to be politically correct now, or they'll come get you. The bishop is not a political boss. And he shouldn't be telling his flock with church resources which candidates to oppose. Lynn said, This letter is completely over-the-top example of politicization of the pulpit of the bishop. The federal tax agency will not confirm an investigation until it makes a ruling in the case. In the meantime, back to the evangelicals. In June 2007... This Pastor Hollerick told World Daily Net that the IRS letter challenged a variety of church activities, including the posting of various pro-life messages on the building's marquee. Hollerick said a Christian organization needs to be able to, to talk of the moral issues of the day, including abortion. But see, the IRS has opposed all that. Can't be doing this. The marquee just told the, told of the Kansas City, Kansas Governor Kathleen Selbus's connections to the abortion industry. Quote, the IRS felt they had a reasonable concern that we had been involved in political activity. He said, but politics are of no interest to the church. Issues of moral character addressed in the Bible are. I don't see how you could possibly go through life being a pastor and not ever deal with any political I issue. Abortion is a political issue. How could you not deal with that? How could you not deal with homosexuality and, and sodomy taking over so much so many segments of the society and the media and all these things that warp and twist and pervert us as people as Christians how could you not talk about these things but see the IRS says you're really not supposed to because you're a 501c3 corporation nonprofit. you have this tax income status maybe you get some subsidies from us you gotta play by our rules theoretically and technically they're right in his reply to the IRS, Hollick stated the church does not intend to engage in political intervention activity as prohibited by federal law and the United States Constitution. I mean, why would you even be part of the system if, you, if, if you're going to concede to that? You, you need to get out of it. But the church will not stop communicating its biblical message. See, they want to have it both ways even if it relates to contemporary issues of the world. Thus, Howard continued, the church cannot agree to engage in any activity that may favor or oppose a candidate. Simply preaching the word of God on a moral issue which a candidate is opposed may be deemed to oppose a candidate. Well, of course it is. The Bible is going to oppose the vast majority of every person running for any particular office nowadays. How can you stay away from it? While it is the church's policy not to oppose or endorse a candidate for office, it will not stop preaching 
the Word of God. He continued, the United States Constitution guarantees that Spirit One Christian Center will be able to freely exercise its religion and that Congress will pass, will not pass any law restricting that right. This is Spirit One, this is Spirit One's right to do so. Communicate God's Word. Here's the problem with all that. The Constitution is all well and good, but when you put yourself under a different contract, that overrides. This contract you sign as a 501c3 overrides that. You put yourself under a different set of rules voluntarily. You can't have it both ways. This is what these pastors aren't grasping. They need to read Dr. Dixon's book, The Trail of Blood Revisited, and go up to this Unite, uh, Unregistered Baptist Fellowship and understand these issues closer. Or let me email them this packet. Sam Adams has wrote an incredible, uh, succinct um, article on this very, very subject about, about, about this incorporation of the churches. And I can email that to you. It's, it's probably one of the best written things I have ever read as far as, as just distilling everything down to its core issues. It's, it's brilliantly written. So, I can get you all these resources if you email me. And my email is up on the website. It's drjohnson at the letter i, the letter x, dot netcom, dot com. So, going further, it says, uh, the First Amendment of the Constitution is a respected and renowned oracle celebrated all over the nations of the world. It is quite specific and clear. Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. Hollerick said. That's true, it says that. But you got to understand, you're under a different yoke now because of what you've done, Pastor. He said the IRS also raised questions about a voter information guide that was handed out in Wichita. Although the church did not sponsor it, as well as an abortion issue-related email he had for Now they're getting into his emails. These are not political issues. These are gospel issues, Christian issues, he said. While we do have the deepest respect for all these men... Now this is Pastor Dixon talking. While we have the deepest respect for all these men who no doubt are trying to do God's will, whether we agree with all aspects of their doctrinal tenets or not, we are appalled at their ignorance of the contract that they entered into with the IRS when they accepted their 501c3 tax-exempt status and took the tax-deductible gifts for their ministries. It's basically what I've been saying here. Apparently, they are not aware that when they sign the contract, they waive their First Amendment God-ordained rights for the public benefits and privileges, which is, which is embodied on page 24 of the IRS publication 1828. It's embodied on page 24 of the IRS publication 182. See, you waive your rights when you take this yoke upon you. You waive them. And who are you under then? Are you under God? Or are you under the IRS? Who's the head of your church? Ultimately, it's the IRS. It's not the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't have anything that has two heads is a monster. I've heard one preacher say that. You can't have two heads over a church. And the IRS is not going to be compatible with the Word of God. Tax Guide, this is the next part of this article. Tax Guide for Churches and Religious Organizations. The contract reads as follows. Quote, the IRS makes no attempt to evaluate the content of whatever doctrine a particular organization claims is religious, provided the particular beliefs of the organization are truly 
are truly and sincerely held by those professing them and the practices and rights clearly with the organization's belief or creed are not legal or contrary to clearly defined public policy. See, it started out kind of nice. It says IRS makes no attempt to evaluate the content of whatever doctrine a particular organization claims as long as their particular beliefs are truly and sincerely held by those professing them. Now, it didn't stop there. But then it says, and. That's the key word. It's like legalese. And. And the practices and rights clearly and the practices and rights associated with the organized belief or creed are not illegal or contrary to clearly publicly to clearly defined public policy. See, the IRS is the one that, that that defines this clearly defined public policy. They're the ones that set the rules. And their rule book changes anytime they want it to change. Trust me. Watch, watch the show Freedom of Fascism by Aaron Russo. If you need, you can go up there and just do a keyword search. Freedom to Fascism. You can watch it on Google. Aaron Russo. He's the guy that made uh, Trading Spaces and The Rose by Bette Midler. He's big time. But watch this show in, in regard to the IRS. And let me know what you think. Okay? And let me know if you can refute any of it. Because I've never seen anybody do it yet. Now let's look at the clear language on political activity as explained by the Christian Law Association in the April 1998 issue of the Briefcase by attorneys David C. Gibbs, which is still in effect for those churches that are operating as tax-exempt organizations rather than the Lord's churches, because they're two different things. Contrary to what any pastor who's in a 501c3 church wants to believe, you are being affected spiritually in your church if you are a 501c3 tax-exempt organization under the IRS corporation. You are being spiritually affected. This is what people don't understand. They just look at it like, oh, well, you know, it's just this issue. We just can't talk about this thing. What happens to you spiritually when you put the IRS as the head of your church or the government? What happens to you spiritually? I don't really know 100%. But I know it's not good, and I know it's not biblical. Show me any one time in the New Testament where Jesus or any of the apostles says, I, sh- I command thee to incorporate your church. Oh, but the Bible says obey the law of the land. Not if it contradicts the word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. I would rather obey God than man. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So, going further with this, uh, this is from David Gibbs' briefcase, which is still in effect for all those churches operating as tax-exempt organizations. Quote, Internal Revenue Code Section 501c3 provides for tax exemption of certain organizations, including churches and schools, if they meet, if, if they meet. You get your tax exemption if they meet seven criteria. These criteria are easy for the church to meet, if the church knows and understands them. Okay, now here's your deal with the devil. Here it comes. Number one, the organization must be a formal organization. This means the church must be organized as a trust. An unincorporated association or corporation. Now this also goes on to talk about, I believe they've added in corporate soul. And uh, because a lot of people were trying to do that. Thinking that that was a way around it. It, but it says right here, the church must be organized as a trust, an unincorporated association. See, many times people say, oh, we're, we, we're doing all this. We're unincorporated. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You're still under this. Unincorporated association, corporation, or trust, or even a corporate soul, I believe. 
Um, now, also since then, the IRS has added charitable trust to the list. It's another one. You, you think that you're exempt from all this, you're not. And then it says, you will notice that he, meaning David Gibbs, says... Now, this is, this is, a, this is Christian attorney David Gibbs... The man that everybody's looked to to get the information on this on this subject. In his April 1998 edition of the briefcase, um, he says that it's easy for the church to meet these criteria. David Gibbs says this. Why would the Lord's Church want anything from the IRS, number one? Which is which is no doubt one of the most wicked and ruthless agencies of government that has ever existed in the history of mankind. Watch the show Freedom of Fascism. Read the, bo- read the book, A Trail of Blood Revisited, by Dr. Dixon. Read his book, They Tore the Old White House Down, where they tore down and bulldozed his church. He was like the largest independent, fundamental, Baptist, King James-only preacher in the United States. So continuing, this article goes on to read, Can the human mind think of anything more evil than the Lord's church entering into league with these cutthroats in order to receive benefits? Is there no embarrassment? No blush, no thought of receiving provision taxes from the public trough to finance the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? The socialistic program is nothing other than a violation of the Eighth Commandment, Thou shalt not steal. Second point of David Gibbs' article goes on to read, The organization must be organized exclusively for exempt purposes. The third point, the organization must be operated exclusively for exempt purposes. Fourth point, none of the organization's net earnings may inure to the benefit of any private individual. Number five, the organization may not influence legislation. Now again, you have to ask yourself, how could you go be going by the Bible and not obviously be opposed against many of the political things that are trying to be shoved down our throats? Many of these things totally contradict the Bible. How do you not speak out against that? The sixth point, the organization may not participate in any political campaigns. So in other words, you're not supposed to render any type of decision on... And this is why these, these, uh, this one guy in particular got in trouble for his remarks regarding Mitt, Mitt Romney. And uh, because, you know, you can't say anything against these political affiliations. You're violating your 501c3 status at that point. Number seven, the organization must not engage in illegal activity or activity contrary to public policy. Well, that can be basically anything they want it to be at this point, public policy. So going back to the article, it says, Now in light of the clear wording of this contract, let's examine what Pastor Hollick did as a representative of the Congregation of Spirit One Christian Church. Following are some of the signs that were displayed on the church marquee. One of them was Morrison accepts blood money from abortionist Tiller. Um, Paul Morrison, early release of felons. Abortionist Tiller has given $300,000 to Selbalus, the price of 1,000 babies. Both Hollerick and Keller, and these were some of the things that were on the marquee out front of the church. So both Hollerick and Keller expressed surprise at the attack of the IRS. Hollerick was quoted as saying that he did not know who would have filed a complaint about his church with the IRS. We're a very vocal, pro-family, pro-life church, and that creates enemies. I guarantee you, as more people find out that they can do this to the IRS, because most people aren't aware that you can actually file complaints with the IRS um, in regard to get a church's 501c3 status revoked, as the world becomes more and more obsessed with being politically correct and not stepping on anyone's toes, other than the Christians, obviously, this is going to become more and more commonplace. 
These men of the cloth may have never... Now, this is back to the article. These men of the cloth never thought about the words of the psalmist that talks about swearing to your own hurt. It actually says, but he, honor, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. Also, the scripture is clear that when a person or a group of people make a vow or signs a contract, that they have the responsibility before God to keep it. See, when you enter into this contract with the government, with the IRS, then really the burden is on you to keep the contract. It's not really the IRS's fault or the government's fault if they come by and they revoke your status or they do this or that. You're the one that voluntarily entered into this contract. And you could say, well, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Well, this is why the Bible says we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. So, the uh, next verse says in Ecclesiastes 5, 4, and 5, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is that better is it that thou shouldest not vow, than thou shouldest vow and not pay. These churches left the protection of the First Amendment when they accepted the protection of the state for the tax-exempt status. See, you can't have it both ways. You can't have the First Amendment and have this protection for your uh, tax-exempt status. It just doesn't work that way. Now these churches want to run back under the umbrella of the First Amendment when Caesar calls in the chips. And hey, Caesar can call in the chips anytime he wants. He's calling in the chips in the big poker game that the church entered into years ago when they walked into the big tax-exempt casino. I think that's very well put. Thinking now that they could pay, play, and never have to pay. Well, as Dr. R.G. Lee used to preach that famous sermon, Payday Someday, all of a sudden, payday is now. And again, we're going to be getting, uh, this is going to become more and more prevalent with what the churches are actually dealing with. This attack by the IRS is bringing religion in America into very clear focus. How many preachers are going to risk a lawsuit which could result in the loss of property, a decline in membership, over what many believe are issues unrelated to preaching the, preaching the gospel, which many say only includes the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. In other words, a simple salvation message, and that's it. Even now, the Joel Olsteins and the Robert Schurers of the world have made it clear that their sermons do not include sin, hell, etc. Well, of course not. It's, it's not politically correct. They can't command these gigantic crowds. Like Smiley Joel Olsteen, you know, he's got a whole stadium full of people. You know you can't have a stadium full of people and be preaching any kind of hardline doctrine in the Bible. You just want to go over. So even Billy Graham's took the fire out of hell many years ago. Also, how many televangelists are even saying that the Jews do not have to come by the way of the cross? Because they are under special covenant with God. Well, this is what John Hagee essentially teaches. It's called a dual covenant theology. Meaning the Jews get out of jail card, free card pass. Like in the game Monopoly. They don't have to go the same way we do. It's just by their bloodline. But the Bible talks about their being in Christ, they're being either Jew nor Greek. You know, bond or free. So... These are things that are a fallacy. Jews have to get the same way we do. Or anyone does, for that matter. Through the shed blood, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. For you are saved by grace, through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. So this problem didn't start with our generation. Now this is back to the article. It started five or six generations ago. 
especially in the large city churches, when the preachers distorted the doctrine of the government by misapplying Romans 13 in the matter of church property, incorporation, building permits, fire and health inspections, and now it's grown so big that it can't be controlled. It's like, it's like being in the mob. You're in so deep, what, what are you going to do? Now government has stopped has not stopped until they have invaded the pulpit itself. And it is probably too late to put the fire out without losing our ornate and beautiful buildings some already have. Be assured pastors are not even safe within the confines of their own church sanctuaries any longer. The time has come when they will be turned in by their own members who are tired of hearing the so-called politics from the pulpit or by trustees who have the fiduciary responsibility for the church property and who believe they are doing God's service as in John 16.2, as they think they have the responsibility to save the church from a preacher who is running members away. What they're really afraid of is, is saving the church from running members away so that they're not losing any more uh, monetary influx into that building, most likely. We were shocked in a recent midweek service when a brother gave a testimony that he had received a call from a nationwide polling service offering $20 if he would answer some questions concerning his pastor and the church. Without hesitation, he began to sing like a canary. One of the questions was, does your pastor ever tell you who to vote for? The last question was, how do you feel about Muslim fundamentalism? Now, who do you think was behind this poll? The pastor has encouraged him to bring in the check when it comes so he can trace the polling company. Now, now is the time more than ever for preachers to stand up and say, not only to their congregations, but to the IRS and to the entire world, take everything we have. If we have to preach in the field like Whitfield, I will. If I must go to prison like Bunyan, I will. If I'm beaten like Obadiah Holmes, I will not bow. I mean, are you willing to give it up? All. All of it up. Are you willing to walk away of, for, of everything? Because that may be the very thing Jesus Christ will require of you. Especially if you, in the back of your mind, have committed that you won't do these things. Then it goes on to say, but one more thing for sure, when the government agents step into the pulpit and give preachers their marching orders, it's not only time for the churches to give up their 501c3 tax-exempt status. It's way past time. Hebrews 13, 12-14 reads, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therewith unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. See, here we, this is not our home. As a born-again Christian, this is not your home. We're just passing through. We're not going to bring in the kingdom like dominionism claims and these types of things. It's not going to get gooder and gooder and gooder until everything's just wonderful. The Bible says evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We are going, we are on the cusp right now of the tribulation. Such is the time the world has never known. It's not going to get better and better. So, these are some Bible verses that bring this into light. Now, the Biblical Law Center, which is what uh, Dr. Dixon and Barbara Cate, they help these churches actually become truly unregistered churches. Uh, truly the biblical model of, a Lord, of the Lord's church. The way it used to be. And this is one of the reasons why I particularly like the home church movement. Because, the, you know, home church, uh, normally virtually no home churches would be set up this way. And it's one of the only ways to be set up and not to have all this hassle. If you're already a church that's under this kind of bondage, it is not, I'm not telling you it's easy to, to break free from this system. Um, but it can be done 
and Dr. Dixon and Barbara Cate are experts at this. The Biblical Law Center stands ready to help all those who are interested. Uh, our help to get their church organized or reorganized to operate as the Lord's Church rather than a USDA-approved state-run organization. Our email address is drgregdixon at earthlink.net. D-R-G-R-E-G-D-I-X-O-N at earthlink.net. Now, I can email this whole article to you from Dr. Dixon. The annual Unregistered Baptist Fellowship is uh, in October 8th through 10th, 2007, host church Indianapolis Baptist Temple, Indianapolis, Indiana. And that will conclude our three studies for... Uh, today, and uh, I will go ahead and just close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us. I thank you, Lord God, that we still have the freedom to come forth and to put forth truth. I pray, God, that your name be glorified through these messages. I pray, God, that if there's anyone hearing this message that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, God, that this would be the day of their salvation. For it's your will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. I pray, Lord God, you'd give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. That you would cleanse us of presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. That we would forgive those who have sinned against us, and that, Lord God, you would forgive us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all your goodness and your mercy. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.